I don't, I don't need claps. <laughs> we just go. So welcome to the TMJ syndrome post quarantine show. Hey, how's it going? Hey, it's you. Um, I feel like you really, you really embraced the isolation there, Jason. Well, so why everybody else had to wait, couldn't get haircuts since I just do my own. I had to, I had to go the opposite way. Yep. So I grew a beard. Like I've been, I'm definitely a lot more shaggy than I, I normally am. Yeah. So, I look exactly the same. Yeah. Mitch is looking pretty svelte. What the fuck mm-hmm. is that about? Yeah. I just don't look at the back of my head. I found out that if I take, uh, yeah, I have, ass ponytail. I have, no, it's all like fucked up back there. Cause I have, I have a, a, a shaver or whatever, right? Like a razor, like uh, clippers. I don't know what, what the electric clippers or whatever. And I can get the sides of my head pretty good. But as soon as I get to the back, everything's like all like jagged and it looks like a mountain. And I can't give myself a very good fade basically on the back. And it's been a while. So everything's like really long right now, but I've been growing up the top and it goes like, like all the way down. I'm trying to bring back the, you know, the emo scene from like the, the late two thousands. I mean, the emo scene's the emo scene's still around, bro. Yeah, there you go. I'm gonna, you know, I've got to get it a little bit longer. It's really curly, so I'll just, I'll straighten my hair, and then it'll come down and it'll come across my face. I'll give myself like a fake lip ring. It's gonna be great. Yeah. So, a uh, couple things that I wanted to talk about, um, and they kind of go hand in hand. So, uh, Epic uh, put out a video. Uh, showing Unreal 5 uh, running on a PS5. And the second thing I want to talk about is now that E3 got canceled, um, and before they got canceled, the only player that was really going was Xbox. I think E3 is donezo going forward. I don't think any of the major players are going to go, especially now that uh, Sony just announced like in a week they're going to be doing the PS5 reveal remotely. Like, Why would you spend a bunch of money? But uh, did you guys have a chance to check out uh, the, the Unreal 5 video? Oh my god. It looks so fucking cool. Like it looks really good. Uh like I'm sitting I'm sitting here like hold on. Should I show it? Show it. Should I show it a little bit? Yeah, let's do that. With our new technology. Is this going to be a thing? Does this work? That does work. Is it showing the thing? Look at this. Okay, hold on. We're going to fast forward a little bit. Look at this. So, apparently we're playing Laura Croft Simulator or something. Yeah, it's Laura, it's the new like, Tomb Raider movie. Tomb Raider the movie. Look at this freaking detail. And you're like walking around in this. Like this looks like a cinematic. This looks see, like a highly detailed cinematic. I think it looks good, but what I don't like about the AAA industry in the last like 10 years is that they haven't pushed gameplay forward. They've only pushed, in my opinion, like graphics and maybe some better level design. I know, right? So- I want I want to see what the game industry will do because I feel like the only innovation in terms of gameplay is come, only coming from indies. And now that we have new hardware, I, w- I want to see what tri- the AAA industry can do ga- with gameplay and not just making a game pretty. Look at you those birds. Look at those fucking birds. Ready? 
Ready to watch the water? It's always like the hardest thing. Here, you you stop you stop sharing real quick. And I'm gonna I'm gonna share on my side since since I'm recording. And that way it actually looks a little bit looks a little bit better. It doesn't look like shit. Yeah. There we go. I guess I can skip forward a little bit, huh? We're almost at the water. There we go. For our viewers. We do this for the viewers. Yep. But anyway, what I mean, are you saying? It looks really good. I don't know. I don't know if it'll look good for people who are watching this video, but we'll put a link to the actual video, I guess. Oh, I guess we could have done that. But goddamn, like it looks really good. And I am sitting here being like, I want whatever this game is just because I want to I want to climb on these rocks. Yeah, I don't I think the game looks good, but I don't want this game because it's literally a hodgepodge of games we've already seen. That's yeah, my point. Look at that. That's my point. On the rocks like we're like yeah, we're in Assassin's we, Creed. Gameplay hasn't moved in 10 years. Like when so, did that gameplay mechanic come in? So Assassin's Creed specifically with. is that some of those gameplay mechanics can go back as early as the Prince of Persia. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the problem with AAA games, though. They move really slowly because you can't really you can't really innovate with a AAA game because, because they so have to make the game pretty. They have, well, they have to make so much money on it. Mm-hmm. So they're scared. Realistically, they're scared of like, you know, if we do too many new things, because just as many indie games that do really well, there's like for every one, there's like how many hundreds of indie games that are like shit and everyone thought was shit. You know, so like with innovation comes risk. So, you know, as a, as a, as a triple A game developer, you're like, uh, maybe you can try one new thing. Well, I think, so like, if we look at game design as a whole, when was the last big, like bold step forward? Half-Life Alex. So like prior to that, because I, I, you're actually getting to my point. Yeah. Prior to Half Life Alex, it was no. I think the biggest like, uh, and like perfect time to talk about it as we're coming into its like 35th year anniversary, right? Super Mario, yeah, uh, 64. Mario 64 was the next big jump in right. video games because it moved game- from 2D to 3D. You have a 3D space. You have like an entire new mechanic, and then from that point on you know, yeah, the graphics have gotten better and we've gotten more, we've gotten better with our textures and we've gotten better with our movement and our camera controls and everything. But like, there hasn't really been anything revolutionary until you get to VR. Right. Wait, you're telling me that Mario 64 had lightsabers? I mean, basically. No, but it revolu- it not only did it do a hardware leap forward, but it revolutionizes game its gameplay with that hardware leap. Whereas yeah. if you look at games, even third person action games, shooters, we've been following the same template for a long ass time. And they're usually this iterations on those templates. And so this looks like an uncharted game to me or a Tomb Raider game. And I, I I'm instantly this is not a real game, by the way. I get that. It's a tech demo. But like Tim's like, oh my god, I can climb shit. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta climb shit again. Oh my god, <laughs> I can climb shit. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, it's so old, it's so tired. Well, and I'm just also, saying, as long as, as long as I can climb shit, and then there's all this cool shit in the background. 
like, okay, so here, so let's take the climbing mechanic. Do you know what game revolutionized climbing recently? You, you uh, know? No. Breath of the Wild. Oh, yeah, that's true. 100%. And then, so this game is a is I would consider a linear Uncharted game, and Uncharted's always had climbing, but it has that same mechanic. You do a little climb, and then you stop, and then your character holds up, and then you have to jump, and so it's like scripted climbing, right? Yeah. I can't go. I can't go this way. I can't. I can kind of go backward, but because it's a cinematic game, if I go backward, it's going to collapse because it's scripted to do that. But in Breath of the Wild, if I have the stamina, I can go this way. I can go this way. I can go diagonal. I can go back down. I can, and it's like that revolutionized that mechanic once again. And I always make the joke that Bethesda better take some fucking notes um, for their Elder Scrolls game because uh, I think Breath of the Wild fucked them up in that aspect. Like it's a way more fun game to explore. So, yeah, that that's why the gameplay, the mechanics at least have to. Maybe you're not going to get a huge new genre, but I would argue like. Um, modding is is creating more genres of, of of video games in the AAA industry, and then they just kind of bring those modders up, like you know, like the the battle royale sensation and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. a bunch of the new games, the new game types that have been super popular recently, all yeah. came from mods. And like Dota. So I'm um, I don't think I'm going to buy a PS5. Like I'm not really a big fan of Sony right now, but. I can see Sony getting a big boner over this because they'll they'll just release another set of fucking the same templated video games. The only thing that's a selling point to me on the PS5 right now is they are going to support, and so is the Xbox, but certain games aren't on the Xbox. So, like, for example, if Bloodborne doesn't come to PC, it's very likely that Bloodborne will get a patch for PS5 for better graphics and frame rate. This has been This has been teased. That's a bigger selling point to me than like having another fifty five hundred fucking cinematic Uncharted clones, or Death Stranding two. I mean, don't get me wrong; like Death Stranding two was or Death Stranding was a beautiful looking game, and if Sony gets a hard on for like Unreal, and they're like, "Oh my god, we can do Death Stranding 2 Did you play in it? Unreal Five? No, I so watched I, I, I watched Twitch, and it was like, eh. yeah, <laughs> uh, I rented it. Oh, I hated it, and I sent it back. <laughs> fair it's super bad and i'm i and i can tolerate hideo kojima because i used to be a fan of those games so like me and tim if you go back 20 years me and tim were right here on video games like oh my god it's cutscene yay oh my god and then the natural progression is i evolved and tim stayed right here (laughs) you just evolved in different directions man you you still like you still like the cutscene games yeah but i furthered my enjoyment of, of it. Of the cutscene games. Of the cutscene games, yeah. So you, you just kind of did this. Did this. <laughs> and you did this. No, I didn't. I appreciated games for what they're good at, which is gameplay. Like, over time. Like, instead of watching a movie, I want to be able to play the video game. The only... I wanted to tell a story. I wanted, the, I wanted to tell me a story. You can do that with gameplay. I would say the Souls, the Souls games are excellent at that by telling a story through the game. Not through nah. a locked-in cutscene. I will say the the one. Oh, you get killed by a dragon over and over again. The benefit that I can see from a, like a cutscene-inspired gameplay, right? To to join the Tim bandwagon for a second is sometimes there's a story that's like really good, and 
you know, if it was a movie, it'd be like an hour and a half, two hours long, but you could have like an eight hour movie with a, with a cinematic game. Like last padding as hell though. Oh God, shut up. (laughs) I mean, well only, so what I don't, what I don't enjoy is games that are, so there are cinematic games that are like really crappy, right? Because they're just, they are literally just a movie Mm -hmm. and you know, you can, you can sort of enjoy those, but the ones that are like really, really good, um like the ones that it makes me think of is like the final fantasy style games where like so like they have these this really amazing like cinematic style to the entire game and you get to these big crescendo moments with cutscenes and stuff and if you sit and talk to characters and explore around the world you're getting all this like backstory and extra context for the big crescendo that you're right. about to see i would argue those are different though than a, a game that is geared to be cinematic because final fantasy games are role playing games that is built into yeah. the dna of the game whereas a cinematic linear story like an Uncharted 2, which is a game I, I actually like. It's still the same thing over and over again. It's still the same straight path. It's still the same, oh, the rock behind me fell. Oh, I have to run now. I'm doing the Michael Bay scene. Oh, if I go over here, nothing's really going to change. Like, that's completely different yeah. from a role-playing game. Well, and, and those kind of games are fun to play once, which is usually the amount of time I ever play a game. It's a lot, that's a hell of a lot of waste of money, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Now, if I pick it up on a Steam sale every time, well, you better. <laughs> but you're not. If they're Sony focused, you're not. They they keep their fucking. They they've recently been adopting the Nintendo policy with keeping their games pretty fucking expensive. Yeah, I fucking. I mean, hate I usually. That. Yeah, I usually wait. I like my my like what I say is a good value is if I get like two hours per per dollar spent. And I would say that's like a, that's like the minimum. So, like, but that means you'd have to play like two hours per dollar. Yeah. So on so a sixty dollar like game, you have to have one hundred and twenty. Twenty. Hmm? You no, for a like, sixty dollar game, you'd have to have one hundred twenty hours of gameplay. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's I wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't buy that game. I wouldn't buy a $60 game because there's no way it has 120 hours of gameplay. So like it's so, a normal triple a game is like 20 hours of gameplay. Like on the average, like 10 bucks is what is about where I I'd, I'd like to spend for that kind of game. Well, so this is, so this is where like my, I've slightly deviated from you. So like you say, oh, I want a good story. Well, a game I can say that has a good story, but it's not baked into the game per se. Like it doesn't stop you in its tracks and tell you what's going on is the don't starve games. I have lots of hours and I paid $10 for them and they're always very cheap, but in their multiplayer games, well, at least the one I play is, and the lore is baked into the environment, into the things you make, into the places you explore, even though it's procedurally generated. And then the lore, it's kind of interesting too, I think, this dynamic of, of, I guess you could say, crowdsource lore. The lore then leaves the game and then goes into the Reddits and the subreddits and the Steam community and stuff like that. And then the, 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 the developer will release an um, a animated uh, little thing when they advertise a new patch. And then that, they'll be like, here's the new patch and here's what's happening in there. And it's just a very small uh, tidbit of the game, but then there's new lore into the game. 
that keeps going on. Does that make so sense? I, I always, I always clarify when it's, when it's multiplayer games, like I totally have a different opinion about it. It's, like it, it can be played like, by itself too. So they have a, yeah. they have a, they have a single player don't starve and don't starve together, but they usually get the yeah. same updates. Yeah. So like a game that's multiplayer or co-op, the story is like the story that's being told is you and your friend, like, or friends that are playing the game. That's why I like, you know, like Rainbow Six Siege, we've all played a bunch and it's a super fun game. Like the story that that game tells is the story of you and your friends doing whatever you did on that night playing, playing the game. And it yeah. was super fun. But when I'm playing by myself, it's like, like the, the, I don't know. Like, well, so here's a good. Once in a while, like some game, the gameplay gets gets like interesting. Like, like recently, I picked I picked up Final Fantasy twelve again, and like when that game first released, I didn't I did not like that game's gameplay at all. But like now, I I uh, looked at it again, like oh wow, this is like this is interesting. And I like, find myself being oh like how do I do how do I do this build how do I do the logic for gambits like. Oh, figure you're all getting, the things out you're, you're getting there yeah you're evolving like because it's because that's because that's kind of interesting like i find it i find it every once in a while but man dark souls games like i really think like the biggest thing about the dark souls games that always fucking frustrates like oh you're dead like back to the beginning you got to do all the shit there's checkpoints did. yeah there's checkpoints. It's not all the way at the beginning. It's not like, all the way at the beginning. It shows that he's never played past, past the, the first fire. boss. Yep. He's never played past the first boss since the day I've known him. Because it act, the game actually makes him fight for what he wants. There's a dragon, man. You can't get past the it's dragon. not a dragon. It's, it's a demon. frustrating. You literally walk past him. All you have to do is just walk. Yeah. Probably like, run. You can run. But Can you walk without by, dying? People who listen, he's completely trolling. Like he's never given the game a fair shake, but one game I think you should give a fair shake that has similar um, philosophies. Uh, it does have uh, audio logs and it does have some cutscenes if you like that shit. But so like, one of my favorite uh, video game writers is Chris Avalone and Chris Avalone's original philosophy when some of his original games was very dialogue heavy, like his, the, his best known game, Planescape Torment has paragraphs upon paragraphs upon paragraphs of shit you have to read. And, when I played as a kid, I thought it was amazing. Now it's very daunting for me to go back because it's just too much. And he actually agrees. And since he's went freelance, he's actually changed his writing philosophy to make more um, what you call uh, storyline gameplay within the environment that you're in. And so the best example of that modern right now, and the next one's probably Dying Light, which is what he's working on right now too, is Prey, the new Prey game. Have you played it? It's really good. And I highly recommend it. Um, now that now that Bethesda's back on Steam, I would say get it on sale. But it's a semi-survival horror game, but it has a really good story, and the story is told to you within mostly in the environment and like codex and stuff like that. Is it I scary? Just, yes, it's scary. Can you not handle I scary? Know. I are you not, are you not an adult? <laughs> yeah, but if it's scary, that's a little scary. Oh my god, it's not that bad. <laughs> I I think it's a great game. I think you should check it out. So, what were you gonna say? How many how many how many discount dollars would you spend for that game? 
I bought it at 40 bucks back in the day because it had Chris Avalon's name on it. But now it's been out for a couple of years. I don't think you'd be paying that much money for it. Um, I can look it up here. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it on GOG? GOG's having their ste- their summer sale right now. Probably. I don't know. It's uh it's Gog's having their Steam it's $39.99 on Steam right now. Yeah, Gog's having their Steam sale. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, back to my original point though. I want I, I want this new uh era of gaming to improve on gameplay instead of just fancy graphics and shitty cinematics and and like spectacle like i actually think the same same thing of the film industry i am over spectacle films like they're the dopamine that you get from a fast and furious as much as the, those those movies are great when you turn off your brain is it's not working anymore it's not yeah. working i need something I mean, with more substance they have their place right yeah. like yeah there, there's a point in time where i want to put on a fast and furious movie and just yeah. like do something else or just kind of zone out but then there's also there's a point where i want like another cloud atlas or or the joker yeah just something good some Mm -hmm. some good filmmaking and you don't have to spend you know 150 million on a you know on a film to do it well i mean i i thought uh half-life alex was like so refreshing for me Mm -hmm. so like but not every company is going to want to be valve and i don't even know valve i guess it was profitable because they sold a boatload of fucking indexes but like you know, like that is a major risk because VR didn't have a huge adoption rate. So much. I don't, I don't know if Valve is like, I don't know if their goal with Half-Life Alex was to make a shit ton of money off of it though. No, I don't think it was. That's what I'm saying. I, I, think, I think it was a risk. Yeah, I think, but I, th- I also think that their, their goal is to like push things forward, right? Like it's the mm. same thing when it was the switch from Super Mario to Source Engine. Yeah. Right. With uh, Half Life, the original Half Life, it was a push forward, it and was. this is another push forward. And who knows? Maybe with Unreal Five and all these like great looking optimized assets and everything, you can have a better VR system that you know doesn't look like garbage, That's which we're getting, point. and then you can actually have this immersive environment. Yeah. And and Sony of. Uh, is not uh, backing down on PSVR. So they're going to have a new iteration of that too for the PS5. So Valve will still have the competition out there. Um, Another thing too um, is, did you know, so you can mod uh, Alex before, but now there's official mod tools and there's some pretty fucking cool shit that people are making. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Like some people were, I, I saw, what? Like what? Like some people are importing Left 4 Dead assets into like trying to recreate levels and that. Like, nice. I mean, yeah. I'm like, there was speculation before that Left 4 Dead 4, 3, 4? Would be a VR game. 4, yeah, whatever the next one was, would be a VR game. Yeah. And there was a couple times in, in Alex where I was like walking around and something would pop up and I would like jump physically jump because it's like scary if left for dead was a vr game that would be awesome would you not play it would you oh play i would it? totally play it really? i i you know i don't like scary. i don't like scary things but there's just something about zombies i can deal with zombies i can't deal with other things i can't watch like freddy krueger or mike myers i don't know why i just don't like them <laughs> but like but when it comes to zombies i can watch any zombie movie i can 
play any zombie game and yeah. well so back to prey tim are zombies scary to you yeah they can be because they're basically like space parasite zombies in that game it's the so like any any game that really like creates that feeling of helplessness like when you're like that's what gets scary so like one of one of the games i think is one of like the scariest psychological thrillers amnesia yeah it's a great game i love that game yeah it's it is a great game and that game's terrifying like and like there's so many things about that game that just make it terrifying prey is not as scary as amnesia so you should play prey okay like, like I, I, I'd say Prey is more in the terms of scary is more along the lines of Resident Evil, which I don't think are scary at all. Oh, it's so scary, man! No, it's not. Zombies are jumping at me. No, it's not. It's it's barely. It's an action game. I've never. I can think. I can one time. I got scared in a Resident Evil game, the original Resident Evil game, where the dog jumps into the window, and I never got scared yeah. again. That's what made me turn off the game turn off the game i was like that was scary and I god it's like oh i returned it it's like to, it's like here's the courage meter stop. and here's tim's courage yeah <laughs> i i you know what you know what also you know it also bugged me about those games so i i do like in games like where they have like these systems of like uh like like systems of like resources you know so like obviously that's one of the main game mechanics of any game is like you have limited resource and you have to decide what to do with it but when but the resident evil games limited how many times you could save and that's like not cool well you must be a compulsive saver because even in the oh, original yeah. in the original games i always had an like an excess of ink ribbons like i i'm is i'm it, the gamer is, who is will... this is this a psychological test to see which one is more risk averse <laughs> maybe like i'm i'm the, i'm the person so i'll i'll like i'll like do one big action and i'll be like oh sweet i did it and then i go back and save and then come back to the thing and then keep going a little bit further and go back and save because i hate losing progress well i mean so, if you're just better at the game then you won't lose progress yeah exactly. you gotta get better at the game terrible at the game no and that because I think I must have just gotten burned one one too many times. I, it's, it's probably from some Final Fantasy game because you used to have to have save points, and then you'd be like, you you'd get like eight hours, and you realize you forgot to save, and then your mom would turn off your fucking PlayStation and be like, "No, how will I know what Squall did?" You don't play that game. That's how you know. What's wrong with Final Fantasy VIII? Do you it's not like, like Final Fantasy VIII? Not really, no. Oh, uh -uh. I don't hate it, but I don't. I don't have a desire to go. Man, I want to play that fucking game. Like standing yeah. there drawing for hours. Yeah, you gotta get super powerful. I hated how you had to hunt down parts or weapons. They weren't very like forthright with it, so you had to use a walkthrough to find the magazines. Um, I the cast was really weak. I can think of three people that were mildly okay. There's Quistus, the main character, and Renoa. The rest were trash. Uh, Didn't a tear go past your eyes when they met each other in space? No. Um, I liked Laguna. I think if the game was more focused on Laguna, I'd probably like it better. Uh, I don't like time plots. 
I don't hate them, but when the time plot spoilers for Final Fantasy VIII, uh, the, the time <laughs> plot came out of fucking nowhere. Like, yes, it hinted at it because you were technically falling asleep and uh, going back in time, but you weren't. You were more or less like being an observer of something that you that would always happen. So you weren't really affecting what was happening. You were just seeing what happened through Squall's eye with his dad and his friends. So yeah, I guess it's kind of hinted, but it just like it's in your face. Like you get this part in the game where it's like Ultima Shia is coming back from the future. Her, 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 her. And then like, what the fuck? And then like you fight this this manly kind of androgynous witch, and then you get possessed, and then you go into the future. And it's like, okay, I'm in the future. But like yeah, and then you're in the world of ruin. No, you're in time compression. It's different. She compressed time. That's what she wanted to do. The whole point of that game was she wanted time to stop completely. And so that's why the whole uh, ultimate uh, ultimatia is Renoa fucking theory showed up because for some reason, Renoa turned into ultimatia and Squall died and she wanted to compress time so she could be alone with him forever. Blah, 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 blah. The game is not, it's, it's, it's a mess, a mess of a fucking plot and video game. And so did you, did you like, cause I, I don't, I didn't play any of these, these games. Yeah. So all of this is going just like right over my head, but you said, like time things right did you not like bioshock infinite um i like bioshock infinite because it dealt with parallel worlds mostly than time so bioshock infinite is more a parallel world game that has kind of time travel in it but you're you're literally jumping from world to world right like if we remember the main spoiler of the game um you you are fighting yourself in the game yep yeah so no, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. It's just that time, time travel movies that are focused primarily, movies and video games are focused on primarily on time travel minus Chrono Trigger, which I think did it very well. And I'm not saying you can't do it. Like I, I rewatched Back to the Future, all three of them on quarantine, and they don't make any fucking sense, but they're fun movies. So like, it's okay. The problem with Final Fantasy VIII is it's a super serious game minus like the Laguna moments. Like Laguna's a really happy-go-lucky guy. He's fun. Like... He's, you know, he's trying to, he's trying to like impress the, the piano lady who actually is Renoa's mom in real life, but he can't, he's nervous. And like Squall's just like, whatever, I'm a fucking, whatever, dude. fucking stupid. And then the gameplay is not fun. It's one of the worst, um, in terms of, uh, Final Fantasy gameplays in, in the series. Like I'd probably say you summon things and you press X. That is so fucking boring. It's so boring. You just get your summons and, and, you press, and then it you- has so many game breaking glitches. So there's this thing you can do called aura. It's a spell. And so the uh, uh, limit breaks are in this game. I can't believe you got me off in this fucking tangent. Limit <laughs> breaks are in this game, but they don't have a meter like in Final Fantasy seven. And so you, you can only get a limit break if you're like in a critical mode or you have aura on. And the way, to, the way to get it to do it, so in all Final Fantasy games, you can skip your turn, but you won't lose your ATB. So you can spam triangle. Spam, 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 got a limit break. Spam, 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 got a limit break. And you can just abuse that through the entire game. One of the characters, Selfie, has a slot machine. And if she does the slot machine move and gets the end, you can knock out the hardest boss in the game. And there's a way to save Scrum it. There's so many fucking bugs. The gameplay is fucking boring. Oh, I wish I had known first. about that. That oh. game was really hard at the end. This is why like, oh, you gotta, this, is, this is why we play yeah, games you differently. You just like, you're going through the game to get to the story. And I, at the time, I was too. But I also like to 
sandbox my games and see how far I can get and see what I can break. I just always have that really hard at the end. You went into the castle and it took all your powers. No, away. it's not. You, you made it harder. Did you know why you made it harder? Because I used the summons. No, the game, your levels don't mean jack shit in that game. It is better to get the, I think it's Diablos, get the zero XP action and stop leveling up because the game scales with you. That's why you made it harder. You, you being like, I'm going to over level so I can get my story. You just, that's exactly what I do. You make the game harder by doing that. It is better to stay as low a level as possible. So what you do is you bum rush um, Diablos, no XP. And then everyone's like, well, how do you level up? Well, the funny thing about Final Fantasy VIII is that your stat allocation from leveling up is so minuscule because the game is based off of the the Guardian Force system. So it's better to level up your Guardian Forces because then you attach your stats to your fucking magic. And then that's how you get powerful. I hate that game. See, I went into the castle, and then the first thing that happens <laughs> is you lose your guardian forces. And then, like, all of a sudden, that was, like, the entire game. That's what I had been using to beat every boss is the guardian forces. And so I went in, and, like, all I still had was Squall's, like, original weapon or some shit. And, like, see, I was, so like, that, super weak sauce, and then I got killed by Marlboro. I think that's Very bad game design because not every not every person who plays the game is going to deviate around the systems. So they introduce the system to you within the first two hours of the game by giving you Ifrit first, and I think she yep. was next. And you're like, oh, my God, I like Final Fantasy VII. The best thing about Final Fantasy VII is the fucking uh, summon cutscenes. Knights of the Round. Yeah. And that's what they did. And so what Except they did Except for was, when you're fighting the Emerald Weapon, you're going to drown. Yeah. I got annoyed by the Guardian Force, even though you can skip them, thank God. But... I deviated around the system and then got more into the junction system, and that's how you got powerful because it used to piss me off in that game that I have this awesome gun blade, and it does dick for damage versus summoning Ifrit because, Mitch, in this game, you can summon things without um, MP. The problem is the game isn't hard enough to matter, so when you're summoning a Guardian Force, their their HP becomes your HP, and so ideally the game would say, if I'm summoning Ifrit and I'm waiting for it and I'm taking damage, then Ifrit is taking damage, and I'm risking my Guardian Force. Her, 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 her. The game is not that hard, and that never happens, ever, unless you're Tim, apparently. And then you hold <laughs> select, and you press X, and yeah. it makes it more powerful. Yeah, and so the game is ridiculously easy. So it used to piss me off, and so then I started getting the junction system. I'm like, oh, this is what they want me to do. But they, don't re- they, they, they kind of skim over it. They do a very brief tutorial on it. But So it, the other thing that's shitty about this fucking game Oh my God, I can't believe we got on this tangent. So in order to get powerful, even if you turn a leveling off, you have to have magic. And you don't have magic, you just don't have it. You have to draw it from monsters. So it isn't like D&D where you sleep and you know your spells or you just know them and use MP. You, you stock it. So like you, I stole fire from you, I got 12 fire. Oh, I stole fire from you, I got 12 fire. And then you can get like 100 of it. And then you attach it to a stat and then you never use that magic ever again because it'll fuck your stats up. Yeah, how does it fuck your stats up? <laughs> Because, because if, you're the, if, if the magic diminishes, because you're using, because it's stocked up. So if I have a hundred oh. fires or Faraga or, or Fira, and I start and I get it down to ninety-five, then my stats start to drop that I have attached to. Yeah, that's dumb. Makes sense. It's a stupid system. In terms of, I really like the game. And it, <laughs> <laughs> you got to draw from everything, man. The everything. reason why the reason why I know so much about that game is because I had a very limited supply of video games I could have 
growing up. So I would just play these games into the fucking ground. Like yeah, me too. Like yeah, I played the I, shit out of. I played yeah, way more Final Fantasy VII than Final Fantasy. Apparently, you didn't get around in systems though, because you just kept summoning GFs all the time. No, Final Fantasy VIII. Like I played through the entire game, and then, like, because wasn't one of those things. Like once you got to the time warp, you couldn't go back. Couldn't go back. Yeah. So I maybe this is where it comes from. I didn't save in like I played like a whole session where like when I went past that threshold, it was like probably like five hours of gameplay since i had saved something like that some some very long period of time so it's like wait a second i just crossed i was like pissed i just crossed the threshold and now i can't go back and if i wanted to go back i would have to then go and replay all this fucking shit like see final fantasy 7 is your first final fantasy right yeah so point of no returns minus like i think the only point of no return really is the crater at the end of Final Fantasy VII, besides like yes. the progression of the story. Point of No Returns have been a staple in Final Fantasy series for a long time. Yeah. Like, yeah, so, like Final Fantasy VI has like half of the game is behind a Point of No Return. Correct. So like, I was expecting one. I just didn't know when. And yeah. I figured that out just by trial and error. So. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. And like, so, so it was like, oh no. And it's like, and it was like, everything is all behind bubbles and shit. So you can't like, you can't do anything. You know what pissed me off about that fucking thing too? It was so lazy as a Squaresoft fan. So another Squaresoft favorite game of mine is Xenogears, uh, Xenogears or whatever you want to call it. Um, Xenogears, Xenogears. Um, they rushed the second disc of that game. They weren't able to finish it. So like, is the most infuriating thing because the second disc is basically told in these weird cutscenes. Like you don't get to explore anything. It's just like we came here and we did this thing and we didn't have any budget, so we couldn't fucking do anything. So you're stuck here and I'm reading. <laughs> Once you get, it's like read, 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 and a, a little a little boss will happen, and it'll be like, and then two years happen. I'm exaggerating. I don't I don't remember. It's one of my favorite games. I don't remember all the details, but you fight a boss, then the thing happens, and eventually. Like after like an hour, maybe longer, you're free and you're back into the map, but they're all blocked off by these like pillars of light. And I'm like, what the fuck? It could go like two places. And in Final Fantasy VIII, I played that and I got to that part and I'm like, they're all blocked off in pillars of light. And I was like, I fucking, you lazy fucks. And you fucking like, like turned off the... No, I didn't. I was like, I got to finish it because that's just how I am. But like, I, I am not someone who like dabbles if i start something this is why you guys can't get me to watch series because i know if i start it and it's fucking horse shit i'll have to finish it because i'm a finisher i have to finish things all the so, time like how much of a series do you have to watch before you're you're you have to watch the rest of the probably entire- like three episodes um if it's like the if like now i treat like a tv series like if the first episode doesn't hook me really well i just don't i, I know it, it's not good enough i know it's gonna be trash and i stop because so you're I, saying you're saying if you watch three episodes of Stupid Mash that has like sixteen seasons or something like that, you'd have to watch the entire thing. Probably. Yep, I've nice. done that before. I don't. I don't know if that's a good example though. Mash was great. Yeah, I like that show. I've seen a lot of Mash. I've probably watched all of it actually. It was great. I'm rewatching it. Yeah, that's why example. But came. they don't. They don't make those kind of TV, like TV series anymore. They're all hour long dramas. Like. Sure. When's the last time you've seen a sitcom besides like How I Met Your Mother that was successful? Yep. 
Mm. And can I say it's also really annoying when like everything, every, every show now has to have uh, like an overarching theme to it to take you through the entire season. Yeah. Right. Like the, like Star Trek next gen was it. Each episode was episodic episodic. Yeah. Every Mm -hmm. episode was its own thing. And then Picard came out and like, I liked Picard. I watched it. It was good. I, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I miss the days of, of an episodic thing where like, Oh, the order of whatever episode you watch doesn't, doesn't really matter. You can just like watch an episode and it's fine. We can bring up an example of that the Witcher did that. I thought it was I liked the episodic because they're they're adapting short stories. But Tim over here is like, I don't get the fuck is going on. Yeah, I, I fucking loved it. I, I think <laughs> over the past week, I think I've watched The Witcher uh, three or four times because I just have it on during the day, just playing all day long, and it's great because I can come in and out of it and. I can watch an episode and it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like the, the episodes. The well, episode. That's why I specifically said that the episodes that were, that fully leaned into the episodic style were good. But the ones that were like trying to tell some bigger story and fucking stupid, ugly Yennefer, like were bad. That's why I like the Clone Wars series so much. Cause it's an anthology series. Mm-hmm. They, they yeah. don't they don't really link up together very i mean they kind of do like they take place within the same time period of like two or three years but they're all over the place in that two or three time period so you never really know what's going on until well yeah i did not like this last season though um i just didn't like it i don't know maybe it's just because i don't like where the direction of the whole series star wars, wars. star wars yeah like i like some parts Thanks. of it Disney. I like some parts of it. Like the last episode was pretty good. Um, I haven't watched any of it, so no spoilers, please. Okay. Um, but like the, it's like you could have, here's not my only criticism. You could have had a season of like the first two episodes and the last episodes and then cut out the middle and it would have been great. Mm. Does that make sense? That, that season yeah. would only be three episodes. So what? It, the, you're, you're trying to give it a finale. I, I don't, I think what they're nervous about. Is it like, oh, we got we to do a full-fledged season because, one, the fans, and two, the Disney's next, like, we need, we need content. No one's fucking watching our stupid shit. We need more shit. No one's shit. going to our theme parks. No one's going to our theme parks. And We're so fucked. We only had the Mandalorian, and everyone's talking about the Tiger King, and why aren't they watching princesses? Fuck. Guys, okay. Hold on. <laughs> you said it. Have you guys watched the Tiger King? No. no. I have not. Oh, did my you, God. Did you? It's like a train wreck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you're gonna start watching it and you can't look away. Yeah, I would challenge both of you to go watch it. I saw that that Dyson that Flash gets video making fun of that with Animal Crossing. <laughs> oh my god, um, it's so yeah. ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's why I think it's a documentary. It's not a documentary. It's a no. fucking. It is. Uh, it's a reality TV show. Yeah. So that's why I think everyone liked it so much. I think they had pressure from the fans. I think they had pressure from the executives to make a full flood season. And I don't think, and I, I have plenty of friends who, who have watched it. They agree with me. They do, did not need that middle part. And I think the fans would have been fine with it. They, they got their payoff because it was supposed to be over anyway. So yeah. did I forget how like it originally, did it not end any kind of satisfactory to get canceled abruptly? It ended or? with Ashoka getting exiled from the Jedi temple, I believe. It was like the last 
And then they were just supposed to use their imagination because then Revenge of the Sith was supposed to start. And that's why Ashoka's still alive because she's she got exiled. She's not a dirt eye. And then since they didn't... So I did watch some of the Rebels. She shows up again in Rebels, so you know what happens to her. So it kind of minimized the impact of the last episode of this new season, if that makes sense. Hmm. So I don't know. Star Wars sucks. I'm a Jedi. Whoa. I think Star Wars would be better if they got rid of, uh, like, if you're going to go forward in the timeline with the Mandalorian stuff, I really think you should get rid of the Sith and Jedi forever. Like, keep the Force, but get rid of the philosophies. It's so, I'm sick of how one-dimensional it is. I really am. I mean, I was hoping that's how they would end the main uh like I was hoping that like it would it would end with Palpatine and Ray fighting each other and in fighting each other they destroy each other and they've now freed the universe from the fucking Jedi and the Sith. Nope. Like that would that would actually be not a bad way to end it, you know? Yeah. And you're nope. like, there, see? Now anybody now we can figure it out no, for because ourselves. the execs like Jedi and Sith make too much money. They're like <laughs> why my my Jedi fucking lightsaber toys uh i know you have one somewhere mitch not a jedi one actually i tried to watch i think mitch recommended it or something i tried to watch that new star wars picard and i hated it and i think i hate it i think i hated it for the same reason because it was like this long drawn out plot where it's just like i just want to have watch people go back and like explore the galaxy Okay, so what bothered me about Star Trek Picard, and, like, I only saw, like, a little bit of it, but, like, just the instant thing that just makes me be like, this doesn't look like Star Trek. It, like, the, it the it entire uh, motif, like, the the feel of it, like, it doesn't feel like Star Trek. It was very yeah. grunge. Yeah. Did you, know, did, you, did you get that too, Mitch? It was a very grunge. Yeah. It reminded like, me of, it reminded me of more of, like, Kind of like, not like Battlestar Galacta, just this other series. It's very grunge. It's very sci-fi. It's not Farscape. I don't know. Sorry, go on. It's just grungy. Dirty. Babylon. Yeah, maybe Babylon 5. Babylon yeah. 5. But isn't that kind of the point, though? Because, like, there wasn't... Because are you talking about, like, it's grungy and it's dirty? I mean, they were never, they were never on a Federation ship. They were never you know, doing like official business or anything like that. Like they were doing backwater. It was um, all, I yeah, think it was yeah. grungy because I think, I think the disconnect though with that is with the Alex Kurtzman's Kurtzman's writing style versus like what the original Star Trek was like. You had those sections where like the crew would go to a grungy area, but like the feeling of the world felt instead of being like hopeful and humanity has gotten past all these things. And now like the Federation are assholes and they're, they're not taking in refugees. It just seems very counterproductive to what the original lore was, if that makes sense. Well, that seems like counter just to the lore in general, like what the Federation wouldn't take in refugees. Like, so like, are we like, is, is there some poison that's gotten into the Federation? Right. It's, it is, felt like is the problem that all these idealistic things that Picard did, in like every episode of Star Trek, the next generation, was that just him? Like, was that just his? Well, like, yeah, but or... I think that's like, 
one was to answer your question of was there poison that got into the federation yes because there was the was the uh fuck i don't remember the goddamn name the romulan like secret police that had infiltrated like the top brass of the federation right okay. so that was an infiltration point so yes there was poison two there was uh a complete attack from synthetics that like basically blew up Mars. Right. So like my point isn't my, my issue isn't with the story itself. My issue is just like, it felt like it was grim dark to be grim dark. So it's like a giant contrast of what star Trek normally is. It's like yeah. star Trek is like, I'm on a ship and I'm talking and I'm trying to like explore things. It's and almost like, like- so well, real quick, there's this, this theme with the, within the last 10 years of like making things edgy and dark. So, like, go back and watch that RoboCop remake, for example, and then go watch RoboCop. RoboCop 1 is very violent and dark, but it's silly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. New RoboCop is violent, dark, and grim, not silly. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like the – it's like Judge Dredd. I was just going to say that. So, like, um, it's a theme that's annoying. It's like, okay, it worked a couple times. Nothing – not everything has to be nihilistic and grim. And well, Star also, Trek is it's not what I when I think of Star Trek, it's not what I think about. Well, I'm always saying I'm always thinking, so like all the things you're talking about with like the the plot of Star Trek, like the story that they that like where they drop is like they're like, oh my god, all of a sudden, all of a sudden everything is shitty. And like that's why it's all grim dark. But it's almost like in order to make that transition in the Star Trek universe, you almost ha- would have had to like get there over a couple of episodes you know so you're you're saying it'd be better if it had some better build-up as to why these structures changed on a longer set yeah yeah and it's like but you know that would require storytelling and the investment to actually tell that because that's kind of like a long story right if you like if it started out with like picard doing something hopeful and he's everything's great and then these shitty things are happening throughout him and he's trying to keep it together and trying and then it's like it all kind of falls apart and then he goes on the adventure that we start with in the in the uh in the star trek car series but yeah i mean like honestly i i would have rather have had the first season not had picard in it at all right and then them just go back and kind of tell the entire story of that attack that happened because it played yeah. it played a pretty big part in the like the plot line but you didn't uh, everything that you heard about it was just kind of hearsay like it would have been nice to have maybe season one of that as a build-up and then from there it introduces the actual main story but obviously then you don't get sir patrick stewart in your first season of the show named after him so like (laughs) (laughs) Apparently he was in the writer's room, which is odd. Huh. I, there was a behind the scenes and he was helping out with the writing, which is like, all right. It's like writing shitty. Yeah. You know, I I, I wish that they would have done something. I do wish they would have done something different with it, right? Like I could I could go for more Star Trek content in the world and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like what the old shows were. It doesn't have to be like, TNG or whatever. Um, and it could be grim dark if you want to show like some other thing that's going on. But I well, I, I just feel like they, they were 
trying like I and don't give me I liked it I enjoyed it I enjoyed what I watched but it was also kind of like oh okay well you you gave me one really long episode of the next gen and I don't know where you're gonna go from here and it would have been better to either just be like okay well let's go go episodic and do the thing or like just make Star Trek content you don't have to bring Picard back like do something different well that's they they want that nostalgia bucks it's such a problem yeah that is a problem well because because think about the next generation so the next generation like star trek the next generation was like a big revival of star trek Mm -hmm. itself right and it is like if you go and look at star trek the next generation and then you go back and look at star trek the original series it's not the same show at all and i can i can see how people who like it's almost like Star Trek, the original series was like cowboys in space, right? And it yeah. was like a very different, it was like a very, it was like a similar feel in terms of like, oh, it's the Federation, like humanity is like hopeful and like that kind of thing. But it was very, it had different tone to it for sure. It had like your 70s tone. And then you get Star Trek, the next generation, and like they did things like, Oh, like we'll have an episode where the you know the very first episode had like uh, the doctor in it to send off the series. Oh, he's some old guy, and here he is. Oh, remember? But like, but overall, like they're telling you a new story with new characters, and they're like making a thing of it. Like, like I and it's the same with like Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Like Deep Space Nine took like a way left turn for. I like, love that. I love Deep Space Nine. It's my favorite one. That is a great. It. It took a little bit to get started, to be mm-hmm. fair. But like overall, like that was one of my favorite. That was like that's like TNG, Deep Space Nine is right there. They're almost they're almost the same in terms of like which ones I like. But like um like that one took like a crazy turn from what Star Trek is, but it did it it was able to do it because like they it's it's a new place. They invented yeah. an entirely new place and new characters who are doing new things and you don't have to worry about what you know these old characters that i already have some so, kind of emotional attachment to it's it's kind of that problem like if i like it if as far as i as far as i'm concerned like you know picard like rode off into the sunset after uh you know after the very end of tng like that was a very good ending for that character yeah and then it's like bringing him back. It's kind of feels like a betrayal. Of so, the story, you know, yeah, I want to, I, I've been thinking about that specifically for a little bit about in terms of like world building and storytelling and why I actually have a visceral reaction to like nostalgia bait so much. And I figured out, I had to like look deep for this, but <laughs> like if you focus too much on nostalgia and a lot of times in nostalgia with series like that, it's like, here's that thing or here's that character. And this is what that character did or oh it's the character or or i remember that thing there's so much wasted on that shit that you don't get enough of the new to appreciate the new and i think that's why uh most manga series for example not all but most don't really have a continuation or if they do it's so far away in the future that you can't have that stuff you don't have to wait like you can have a wink wink here a little bit but there's not a shit ton of time focused on it like like the new star wars to me is just there's so much nostalgia bait that you can't i don't like any of the new characters i don't feel like i know anything about them i know more about the old cast with the three movies 
right? Then I do what the really the new ones, if that makes sense. Yeah. It, it's almost like uh, you could have that nostalgia factor, but don't bring, don't shine so much light to it, right? right. Like if, if you imagine um, episode seven of Star Wars, and let's just say like, you know, in, in that first first scene, first area where Ray's like going through the desert and on Jakku or whatever, and she finds the Star Destroyer and she's like going through the Star Destroyer and that was it. And yeah, like that, that was, that was your, that was your member of this. Like yeah. all, they didn't, they didn't touch on it. They didn't tell anything about it. They just, they, she just went, she, they showed it. Yeah. They showed her like pillaging it. And like, and that was it. And then they move on with her story. Environment, like, environmental storytelling within yeah. the movie. Yeah. Like that is a great way of doing the, the member berries. Yeah. Well, which is crazy to me like, too. Sorry. You're good. Well, like no. before that movie even released, before that movie even released, that was like one of the primary uh, trailers, right? Was her mm-hmm. like climbing through a star, a star story. And I remember it, that was like, like, whoa, what is that about? That's really cool. That's really exciting. And it's like, like, it's true yeah Could've, but then the men, but then the mentor character shows up and steals the show for half the movie yep right yep and yeah. like sometimes they're because they're that you know han solo is a new obi-wan but obi-wan barely he didn't really have a ton of screen time really no like no. not a ton so like it was just like we're going to the bar we get the ship we're on the ship i feel a, a the planet got blown up. That's no fucking moon. And then he dies. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's the story's not about him. Right. Right. Like if you, and like, honestly, that's one of the things that like, that's one of the things that like Lucas got wrong about his own story. In my opinion, like this, the original six, like the story was not about Anakin. Like yeah. it was about Luke. Like, but one of the things I liked yeah. about the uh, the prequels and the old one and the and the original trilogy, if you really wanted to meld them, they already had the perfect melder. It's the two droids. The problem is, is the the, yeah. the new sequel trilogy. The droids are the new the old droids are barely there. It's all about the new droids. Yep. You should have. I mean, I know toys. I know the two new toys for BB-8, but you probably should have focused on the new characters. Let the droids be the glue, right? And then or like. Dude, Star Trek has, or Star Wars rather, has such a good aesthetic to it mm-hmm. that it's like instantly recognizable. Like if you show, like if if you show something that even looks like just the style of the Millennium Falcon yeah. or like an X-wing with like the the like that gray mat with like the slagged out look, like it looks like Star Wars. Like be yeah. like, oh, is that a Star Wars clip? Like if you just if you just made that motif and took a picture, be like, is that from Star Wars? Like because like yeah. it's very recognizable. So like just that in and of itself is the glue. Like yeah, what's well, funny a good story next to that? Like you could have. God, I'm so pissed I, that they didn't just make the fucking Thrawn series, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Is I think there's in the next ten next decade we're gonna see a, a revolt against that sort of. I'm a good a good example is the Final Fantasy VII remake, and I, I won't really spoil it, but Final Fantasy VII remake by its definition, a remake should be a nostalgia game, and it is. Except there's a ton of changes in it, and they're very subtle at first, and then they get larger and larger and larger. And the the major change at the end, this is my best way to like sum it up. They're like, did you like those things you remember? Did you? Was it good? Did you like it? Cool. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
That's exactly what happens. That's I, that's how I can describe the end of that game. Did you, did you like all that shit? We're not doing it anymore. Like, <laughs> that's why the, there was such a visceral reaction to that. But then I noticed something, though. People were pissed at first, but it wasn't a Mass Effect 3. People were like, I'm mad. And then day two, I actually kind of like it. I actually, I kind of want to know what happens. No, actually, this is better. Oh, this means something. Can I save Aerith? That's what that's they genius. What they did. Do you get what I'm saying? You better yeah. not think that you could do that. Don't put don't put all your fucking power. Don't put all your time leveling that bitch. Well, you, you can only so get ma- the maximum is level fifty. You can't go beyond fifty. Don't and because it's don't part put all one. your time leveling her. It's part one. But my point is, is what they did though opens the question of what if. Yeah. So the the, the developers are saying we're going to do shit different, and you're going to like it, or you're gonna, you're going to have to get over it. Basically, with with what they did in the ending. You're either going to like it or you're not, but either way, it's different. And right, because we I mean, want to make a game. And it's like, so it, if you like the original game, like play the original, play game. The original game, right? And the original game is still fucking awesome, and you can go play it. Yeah, like at but least the, they, didn't, they didn't pull so a blizzard. And Final Fantasy like, VII remake, new game into the new launcher. Yeah. Shit, Final Fantasy VII remake is my game of the year. Nice. I don't think I, I only thing that can probably trump it is cyberpunk. And if, if that doesn't get delayed due to, to virus. So 2020 game of the year. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm not playing the failed of us too. So uh, fuck that game. No, thanks. It's just not my kind of game. I'm not, you know, I'll let Tim review it maybe in like 10 years when he buys like a used PS4 for like $10 <laughs> someday. <laughs> or so it's on far, PS so now. Ori in the will of the wisps is my, game of the year yeah but yeah so that's why i have a visceral reaction to nostalgia i figured it out it, yeah it's because mm-hmm. it's, it's too much of a time waster and that's why like i i like some goofy ass shit like some goofy ass fucking manga and i ask myself why do i like this goofy shit but i can't like this stuff over here and the one thing i think japanese writers do way better than we do sometimes is they get the characters right every single time and if you get the characters right, you can put them in anything, and it doesn't matter. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, you have a good if you have a good character, it drives the story forward, right? Yeah, because then the characters are almost like if you're if you're always writing true to the character, then the yeah. character will tell the story. And I did rewatch the, the Star Wars. I watched all three of the new Star Wars. I, I gave them a chance because I could rent Rise of Skywalker. Oh, it was on Disney Plus or whatever. And yeah. uh, and it was cheap, so I don't have to pay a bunch of money for it. And I watched them again, and those movies are not about characters. They're more about set pieces and themes, and that's boring. That's that's my review of all three of them. Set pieces and themes, not characters. Yeah, I mean, Ray's like a limp noodle. There's no real – she doesn't have much of a – The only interesting part. character is Kylo Ren, in my opinion. Only one. Like Because hmm, he killed his dad. That like he's more interesting in the second movie, even though I hate the second movie. And the, in the third one, he's way too rushed. But in the second movie, he's the star of the show, in my opinion, hundred yeah. percent. Um, so are those movies actually about him? They, I mean, in my world, they are. He's the more tragic anti-hero thing. So, 
but that's the other thing about hate about Star Wars is like he's done some atrocious things like Darth Vader did, but everyone loves him. But then like the characters just forgive him because like the the dark side of the force apparently just makes you do bad things. That's one thing I hate about the force because no, oh, baby, it was the dark side. He switched back. He's good. It's all right. Let's forgive forgive him. Yeah. Well, which is funny, right? Because like that wasn't how the story was told in the original ones. Like it was a redemption arc like for Darth Vader, but then he died. <laughs> and then he died. Well, so did, so, did Kylo Kylo, Ren. so did Kylo Ren, which is why it goes back to, but it's the same fucking theme. That's the thing though. Yeah. Is that's why, that's why the new star Wars is more about set pieces and themes and not about characters. I yeah, don't care. They, they just retold the same story. Right. I don't care about any of those characters. That's what sucks. Yep. Um, that's why I didn't like rogue one. <laughs> I don't care about any of the characters. Oh man, that's still a really good one. See, I, like I think one. I liked Rogue One because I knew that's I wasn't going to care about the characters. They well, all died. It's great. Rogue One is a spectacle film, and that's fine. But yeah. like, if they the big wings, man, if it, the big payoff is like they all die in a nuclear blast, there has to be an emotional payoff there. It just doesn't. It falls flat for me because I don't yeah. care about they it. Look, like they look in each other's eyes. They died. <laughs> they look in each other's eyes wondering about what could have been and then their bodies burned <laughs> yep now and now fan and now fan art artists can just make what ifs yep so yeah it's just need to get your shit together because here's the thing marvel uh i don't know if they'll if they'll keep the magic going forward but i watched some of the marvel movies uh rewatched some of them on uh quarantine and most of those movies are fucking silly as hell you know what they nail the characters yep which i'm curious how it's going to go with their phase four right i don't know i think they're they're i think the natural order of things like to me like (laughs) it was like star wars was so big in the 70s and the 80s and then it kind of tapered off but it came back in the early 2000s with the prequels, but I don't think it ever got back to its popularity that it did in the 70s, but Harry Potter came along. Harry Potter was the new Star Wars of like the late 90s and the 2000s. And then we had this like weird intermittent like time where vampires came back because of Twilight and fucking True Blood and stupid shit. But mm-hmm. that wasn't, that wasn't, that was more like underground popular. It was popular-ish with like one sect people. And then the Marvel movies came out. And now the Marvel movies are the modern day Star Wars. And now they're at the top. So it's probably going to dip to the middle and then dip to like nothing because that's just the natural. Well, cause like what's next. I don't know. Someone's got to write it. Someone's got to make it. But you know what, you know what came in between like all of those major arcs, Hmm. a bunch of, a bunch of really good movies. Yeah. Right. Like in between everything, that's where you have like those, those major arcs. That's where you have your Robocops and your, your Terminators, your lethal weapons. And then you go to the other side and you had start having like, uh, you know, that's when like a bunch of other things get to flourish because you don't have the copycats. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna make a wild prediction. Um, with the, the virus, the big, the big, the big next big thing might not be a cinematic experience. It, with things like Game of Thrones, it could be television. Yeah, like you could get something bigger than that. I mean, can it disappoint me as much as Game of Thrones? It would not. It, so the point of it is, 
Game of Thrones almost got to the apex, but they fell. Right. I feel like that's the that's gonna be the the epitome of any any TV show, right? Because yeah. like the same thing happened with Lost. Yep, you're right. If if you have a show that goes on for too long, it's gonna fall. It's gonna fail. Yeah. God, Lost is so disappointing. Also, yeah. <laughs> also, if you're making a TV show based off a book, make sure the series is finished first. Well, yeah, but yeah. what are they gonna do? Wait another ten years for the right. books? Like, come on. Well, like, okay, guys, we can't. That's a season. Season six and seven aren't coming out until. 10 years from now 2032 and, and we won't be able to use any of the same actors because oh, no, we look completely different well that's what's interesting about these era defining series too like of those series star wars was originally just a film mm-hmm. it wasn't based off anything but a film and then harry potter is off a book and so is like hunger games because there's that whole young adult fan like because on top of the harry potter craze a bunch of people tried to follow right Maze runner yep Yep. And then comic book movies. Version. Yep. Comic book movies. Everybody wanted that Marvel money. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not, I don't think, like, I think Alita's good, but I don't, I don't think manga adopts, adapts very well to live action. I just don't. Um, so I don't think that's going to be it. But um, Sonic the Hedgehog was pretty cool. So maybe they'll do a, a, a movie or a video game adaptation. Right, more more video game movies. We'll have another World of Warcraft movie. God. Oh my God, maybe they'll make a The Last of Us movie. They are making that they in a did. series. They're making that in a series, an HBO series. You didn't know that? It's going to be an HBO series? Mm-hmm. Yes. Are they just taking the cutscenes from the game and putting it in? Um, I'm a, I think from what I... And, uh, if I, you know, people tell me I'm wrong, it's fine. I'm, I don't have anything in front of me. I believe it takes place after this last this next video game. Whatever they're oh, making. Fuck. Now I have to play the video game. Yep. You're going to play it anyway. I mean, eventually. See, they need to release their shit on PC. I don't want to go buy a PS4. Well, so they are, but much slower. Like those three David Cage games were Sony exclusives for eons. Sony is slowly putting their... Horizon Zero Dawn is now on PC. Or going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, awesome. They have to to keep compete with microsoft they have to mm-hmm. they, they might ha- have to do it as soon as microsoft but they do death stranding is coming out on pc that's a sony pretty much exclusive give me bloodborne on pc give it to me um don't want it now um they have and, they have bloodborne on pc just go get ps now no i want it on my pc so i can mod it and i want i don't want any fucking lag i want to play it and i want it in unreal 5 yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but no, they have to to stay relevant. They this new era of consoles that like people are not. You can't ignore the PC platform anymore. Like they're basically com- like they were already computers. Now they're really computers. Yep. So but you see that uh, I'm actually pretty pretty encouraged. You see that Amazon released their game Crucible. I was so uh, I didn't did? I saw that, but yeah. I was mad that New World got delayed. I want to play New I, or I pre-ordered New World. If you guys want to play that with me, I am definitely going to play that with you. I didn't. Yeah. Are you doing the beta? I supposed to get it for pre-ordering, but they pushed it back. Oh, I didn't realize they pushed the beta back too. Yeah. So. Okay, I'll pre-order it so I can play the yeah. beta with you. I don't I know. If, I don't think Tim will want to play it. Do you know why? 
because it's it's, fi- it's fucking MMO Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. That's that's two bad things. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh my god! It's not like an MMO like WoW or uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. It's um, it's like the old school MMOs. It's a sandbox like low, MMO. Right? Yeah, it's a sandbox MMO. You can have territories, and then like you can own territories and attack other people's territories and defend your territories from other people attacking them. Yeah. Let me well, ask you, if I die, tax your people, lose all my shit, and you have to I start over from level one. I don't. So they did have when the game was in was first out. They did have you lose all your loot, just like in Ultima Online. I think they've revamped that where you just lose. You keep your what you have equipped, but like any loose items in your bag, you'll lose. Oh, okay. Kind of like Fallout 26. Yeah. What's the uh, the Crucible one that they released? Uh, that one, it, it's a very, it's an interesting game. So it's kind of like if you took a MOBA and then you took, uh, you took Blizzard's first person shooter. What the fuck is it called? Overwatch. Overwatch. You took Overwatch style and then you took like the maps from um, the origin game, the battle royale one. Shit. Apex. Fortnite? Apex. Oh, Apex. Yeah. Apex. So it's like Apex maps. Yeah. Apex maps and kind of Apex like style. Uh, yeah. With like Overwatch kind of characters and then first person. And it also has like a lot of MOBA aspects to it. So it's like really, it's it's a pretty cool game. Like you're the main gameplay mode. It's kind of just like a like a short gameplay loop of like 15 minute games. Um, first person first person shooter. You have like points that you have to go and defend and uh, attack to capture like this like heart thing, and it's like two teams of four, five, four. I think it's four and uh you're fighting for resources and you're the moba aspect is you're you're having to like kill animals in the in the world to gain like power crystal things and then hmm. it's like a team your team uh levels up as you get those and so like and you have like a tree of abilities that you get as you level up and so like you have to farm at the same time as then there's like there's the areas on the map that you have to go to to then uh, defend, attack, like do team fights. So it has a lot of that MOBA thing where it's like, oh, there's an objective and that causes us to collide with the other team kind of thing. It was pretty fun. I was I played it for like a for a night. It's free to play, so why not? Interesting. Um, and since it's it's not that much of a time investment since the gameplay loops are like 15 minute games. So, oh, if it's free to play, I might check that out. Yeah, yeah it was. It was like I think it was pretty enjoyable. I think it has. I think it has some. I think it has some potential, and they released it on Steam. Like, oh, nice! So they want people New to actually New play worlds on Steam too. Yeah, it's huh. crazy. Like Amazon, so it's like Amazon actually. It, it feels like like definitely Amazon wants to wants to has wants their game to be played. Yeah. Um, I and actually like that was my my example. Like I think it's really interesting that like it seemed like we had some some people like really like fussing about trying to trying to get away from steam. And then just everyone's like, all right, seems a good platform, I guess. It's like, everyone's releasing their shit on steam again. I didn't, I, I Epic had so many fucking bugs and stupid yeah. shit. Like it's a bad customer experience. 
So, yep. Is that the same it's, as like, I'm going to go buy the same game at Walmart versus Best Buy, you know, I'd rather buy it from Best Buy, but if I have to go to Walmart, I can, whereas it's a platform on your PC, you have to deal with the features they have. You still get the same game. Sure. But like, I like, you, I like the features. Have you guys linked uh, all your accounts and stuff like that to GOG Galaxy? I haven't done it yet. Oh, like the the new client that they have. Mm-hmm. I linked place. Yeah, I linked mine today, and so I have uh, GOG, Steam, Origin, UPlay, uh, all of it in one thing. So I open it up. I can see my friends list from all of it, and I can launch a game from anywhere. So it's kind of it was it was cool because I had it open. I had it open because they have their summer sale going on, and. Uh, that's what they're doing. Yeah. And so I was like, ooh, and I installed it. And then all of a sudden I had my Steam friends on there and I could see who's playing what game in Steam on GOG. It's yeah, cool. The only thing that it doesn't doesn't do is allow you to buy the games on those other platforms, right? Because they're trying sure. to push you to the GOG store. Which is very I mean, smart. That's fine. They sell DRM free stuff anyway. I don't care. Yep. Yeah, Prey is on GOG, by the way. You should get it. There you go. See, the only the only problem, so like uh, No Man's Sky, for instance, the no DRM version on GOG was updated like almost a month later versus the Steam version. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. So you might be just, you know, comes comes with ca- a catch, I think, because they probably deprioritized the no DRM version. I that would say sense. probably. I say they did. <laughs> i wonder how true that is for other developers too like yeah how I, mean, I know there's a lot of lag patches on gog mm. a lot yeah but. so it depends on how important that is to you i mean like most games i don't really pick up until they've been around for quite a while anyway but like for i could see being really frustrated about that for something like no man's sky when they had that big patch because that big patch didn't happen for like a month later it's like ugh. yeah so, like, it fixed the game. <laughs> yeah, especially if it's going to prevent you from either experiencing like major content or potentially even worse if it's going to prevent you from playing like a multiplayer game with friends. Yep. Yeah. Because now you're on two exactly. different versions. Yep. Exactly. I agree. But now that now now Mitch and I can do we can do a new world episode when it comes to beta. Yeah. I suggest we get Tim to play, and then he's like, "Oh, I picked up a sword and shield," and then we oh. rush him because he <laughs> always he always team kills. Yep. You probably couldn't trust his ass in that game anyway. He would like we all be grouped up like four of us. We're like, "Oh man, it's people coming at us," and he'd be like, "All right, guys, let's, let's defend ourselves," and then he starts killing us to help them. <laughs> like I don't know what's happening. They're attacking you. Oh, oh no. Um, <laughs> uh, is that is that a a uh, subscription model? No, doing? it's buy to play mm-hmm. oh. with a cash shop like that. And it's only 40 bucks. It's only 40 bucks. So, I don't know. Like, that piques my interest. Could be cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm um, so like. My only beef with it is it's, um, and I, I hope this will change. It's clearly very action gamey focused, but there's no controller support. And I play action games with the controller yeah so but i mean i get over it but i they i think they'll add it later so you gotta click to jason 
No, you got. Yeah, yeah I can't hit X to Jason. Click. Got oh, but you can you can now get that game on Steam. That piece of shit. You can play Heavy Rain. The best. Heavy Rain. I'm a. All I'm, of the David Cage games. Right all, now. all of the David Cage cuts cutscene QTE games are now on Steam. Dude, they got a they got a demo of this game. Jason, a free demo. Jason, I wonder, I wonder oh, it's the Jason part. June eighteenth. It's not out yet. It's just the Jason part. Is the demo? Yeah. <laughs> Jason, here's the thing. I'll say one thing before we start wrapping things up. Even if you like like the story heavy games, the voice acting in it is so terrible, mm-hmm. and <laughs> the story That's is so terrible. So you if you're curious, get it on to cheap. Real cheap. I hear Detroit Become Human is a lot better, which is like the other David Cage game. So you probably like that one better, Tim. Still is a cutscene. Is that the mutant that's one? one? That's the one about Android. You're like a robot, yeah. Oh, okay. You're a robot cop. So and there's like prejudice on Androids and shit like that. But it's a it's a David Cage game. It's a fucking cutscene game. Not for me, might be for yeah. Tim. So for me, all yeah. for me. It's it's. I think, I think it's more. I think I don't know. I don't like those games. Jason, <laughs> Jason, 